0: I can't wait for the House of the Dragon to just absorb every good TV show. Like we're going to do girls next season. (laughs) It's going to be a a Rhaenyra riding on a dragon. Woke up this morning. Got yourself (laughs) a Wow, (laughs) wow, (laughs) wow. A lot of fun activity happening on your Instagram story over the weekend. Well, so it was—it was quite a boring Halloween weekend for me. I had to that work. Not was... oh, boring. It was a fairly just sort of unremarkable, mm-hmm. uh, like filming a conference. Right. Oh yay! But what they—you d- know—it was about the. Economies of Tomorrow, Industries of the Future. Mm -hmm. And they had this VR demo. No, sorry, it wasn't a VR demo. It was in VR, but it was a Metaverse Meeting Space Live VR demo. And I thought, this is cool. I've done VR before very briefly at a kiosk in John Lewis, and it was for like a gaming (laughs) thing. And I thought, okay, I'm going to give this... I had to like film people in it and they were all still in the panel. So I went up early and I was like, okay, I'll give this a go. And I was sort of on a swivel chair and someone there like put a headset on me and then like earphones and then on, you're on a swivel chair. So it's very like I'm yeah. just in there. And so I put the headset on and it starts, it's just completely, completely white. And then it loads and I'm in what I describe as like a Bond villain's lair. Oh way at the top of a skyscraper, and I can see, and there's like these huge three-story panoramic windows that look down onto like a city and the sky and snow and sea, and it's very Tony Stark's mansion, right? right? And I see these like other floating heads and shoulders with like what I could describe as like PlayStation 2 graphic faces like smirched onto them. And I could sort of hear voices and uh, you know, you can click around the space to walk essentially. And I'm like, whoa, and I'm feeling it, I'm looking at my hands and I'm moving it. And I'm walking into, I leave that room and I go into a larger lobby and this floating head and shoulders comes up to me and it's like, hi, I'm John. And I I don't think this is a real person at this stage. So I'm like walking away from them. And he's like, oh, if if you come closer, the spatial audio, will pick up our conversation and we'll be able to talk to each other. And I was like, sorry, are you a real person? And he was like, yes, I am. My name's John. Nice to meet you. And I was like, where are you? And he was like, I'm in Austin, Texas. Where are you? And I'm like, I'm in London. And he's like, oh, that's amazing. I'd love to show you around. And it was just, cause he sounded so- Yeah, robotic. AI, AI yeah. I was like, I don't believe you're real. And I kept like sort of making fun of him. I was like, wait, so you're just sitting in an office in Austin, giving me a tour. And he was like, I can tell that you're a funny guy. (laughs) I was like, what happens if I stand up? And then I stood up and he was like, oh, wow, you're really tall. I was like, you can tell that I'm tall, I am tall. It's creepy. And We just walked around this. It was like a really flash hotel lobby in the sky, telling me about how you're gonna have meetings here. And 20 minutes went by, And then I took the headset off and I I was like, where the hell am I? I felt like Saito at the end of Inception. I'd been there for 30 years, I had a wife and kids in there. And I was just like, this is both- From a half remembered (laughs) dream. (laughs) You and me, Mr. Cobb, we were really together again. And I just thought, this is both amazing, so compelling, but absolutely awful and terrifying that was just my reality, reality, but Oh, am I? Am I I put a headset on in that headset world? And I don't. Am know, I just imagine. a pair of like head heads and ears and PlayStation Two graphics? Can you now? imagine in thirty years I just wake up and I'm in that room? Uh, just like, uh, the Metaverse really does scare me. um Yeah. Uh, because but then I said that about TikTok that I'm now now I'm just like my money. Now you're doing on doing your the entire shelf. <laughs> Negroni. Yeah. Well, I'm in there. I'm in yeah. the zone. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> cool. what? Could you imagine what music labels would like literally kill to be those like 20 songs in TikTok circulation? Yeah, but also, well, I was thinking that like songs are being released to just be viral on TikTok. And mm. so this sounds very cynical. I don't necessarily believe it, but like- Yeah, yeah. Songs, that, take what happened with Lizzo's song About Damn Time, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a fairly good song, yeah. right? Yeah, Funky pop song. I love it. We'll dance to it, no problem. But it's like, oh, like a 20 second bit of that song the verse, not even the chorus, the like the verse yeah. was snipped out and danced to it and made viral on TikTok. Or like the big, go, go Home, the, get hit, exactly right, yeah. as it was, right? But but the listen count, therefore, if you were to go on Spotify, the listen count of the and songs the would have been astronomical. But how yeah. many people I would say, you know, what percentage of people went and listened to that song yeah. and then imagine a certain percentage of them went, oh, okay, cool, and then moved on to other stuff. But mm. then some of them just stuck onto it. And it's like, who it's knew? one popular person decides one day that they're going to use that and the rest of the internet follows. But- I was thinking, Well, I was also thinking that about Matt Smith because, like, Matt Smith has a very... To people like you and I, we know Matt Smith has had an accomplished career as a very good actor. Yes, yeah. But then, Is like, not- it's like... We, he was in Morbius which a lot of us were like oh god Matt Smith but it's mm. like well no because part of me in that film in like one scene where I dance will go completely viral yeah. and engage me with a whole different audience I mean I can just you and know. you just know there are people in meetings every single day going, going what is that factor yeah. in a song they've probably dialed it everyone like yeah. what is it is it because you can dance to it is it catchy is it kind of like got a humdrum? what is it how do we put it in every song that that's putting what I out? love it's like a kind of corporate whack-a-mole with like what makes something viral mm. and every time it Pops up the you know corporate bodies go oh we'll do that and then it, and then it moves and they're like and then something else will pop up will be which will be completely different but get more virality and they're like well why is that and then viral? there's like a the poor twenty four year old social media manager trying to explain to their fifty year old boss why they need to put this Louis through voiceover in yeah, their company yeah, yeah, social yeah. media but that it was interesting even before TikTok how. Uh, the streaming platform changed the way albums and music was being of written, course. and they made sh- they made more shorter songs. because yes, you get more streams. So Drake released like twenty five song albums. That, that idea that you only get paid after the first thirty seconds of your song, right? Yeah. So it's the idea you make. And I saw this thing. This was a TikTok, which I probably watched ten seconds of, but there was yeah. this person making this argument that the bridge in songs has been written out. Mm. It Used to be verse, chorus, ver- verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. I think. Sure. But it's been written out. Um, consult video, not me, <laughs> yeah. for this fact, but, uh, yeah. Um, but, but, but just back to the VR, my main note for VR, terrifying, you know, dystopian future aside, if you're in a meeting, you know, you're holding these controllers, right. you can't make notes. I can't, like, as it stands, like, quickly go, mm. good point, and mark my thing. I would have to lift it, get my phone out. Surely it's recording, you can watch it back. I'm not going to watch a meeting back. Who watches a meeting oh, back? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I just- You can't actually- well, you, There are Teams calls that are recorded. You know, it's, it is a thing. Yeah, but if you want to make a quick note, well, that to me was the yeah, one hole it? in it. I'm sure like, I'll be sort of like beaming my notes. They're, they're to my listening thing. to this right now and going, oh, yeah. sir, we'd love to have you come join us. Hey, it's At John from Austin. Yeah. I've been tracking you for a few oh, days some, now. There's something about the perma smile on yeah. people. And that, then, and then the, 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 like the sort of rubbish sort of texture of a face he had wasn't really making any expression. Mm. So it was just like- There's something about- Uh, the Americans, I think there's like, I read this, uh, like Apple style customer service. No. Yeah. But there's, there's a thing about American culture and there's, there was like this book I was reading recently. Um, and there's this particular essay on um, the American smile and what Mm. it means. And it's like, it's, it's, it's terror and it's like fixed It's like it, it, is it is it hiding intelligence, is it hiding lack of intelligence? Is it boredom? Is it and there's just this whole you could you could really dissect and examine the American perma smile. Yes. And in the UK, you know, when you go into a Starbucks, which is a global chain, the cust which you know should is it's technically standardized yeah. across the whole world. Yeah. But you go in here and it's still very transactional. People aren't rude, but there's yeah. not this sense that you need to be like this different version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas you go for grab a Starbucks in New York, it's like Sir have a great yeah. day. Well, maybe not in New York. Less New so in New York, but in LA it's to say, uh, I uh, I found increasing. You know what? I'm not going to say because it it's probably <laughs> brutal, <laughs> americans But I, I saw a great thing about. Um, did I mention this to you about East Coast versus West Coast Americans? No, go. On. And it was that East Coast Americans are are kind but not nice no. whereas west coast americans are nice but not kind so if your car breaks down in la someone will drive past you and go oh my god i am so sorry that your car broke down but they won't actually yeah. help you whereas in new york they'll be like what are well, you talking well, about your bloody tire broke down what yeah, are you yeah, doing but yeah. they'll actually like fix your tire and help ah, you that's very interesting. and that was uh, yeah. it's not my idea but no, i've, but I've also said that about the difference they say between about between british and americans oh, which fine, is fine yeah no no but the. We're British, are more East Coast, East Coast than well, the East it's, Coast. Well, it's is. like the British are polite but not friendly, and mm. Americans are friendly but not polite. Yeah. So there's the direct Americanness of apologies to any American listeners. No, pl- no, please no, correct. It's us. a generalization. It's generalization people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that people would just say. But it's like you know, it's the hey, how you doing? but it's almost like so direct. It yeah. borders on the point of. Like aggressive it's not aggressive but it's just UK, like, we're like what it's do almost you? invasive happiness right yes whereas in the UK, <laughs> it's, so it's like it. hi um really sorry to bother you yes. i um could you would you mind going getting i'm thrilled um, to tell you yeah, that um we're moving yeah. office yeah I'm so sorry um if that's possible. it's just the mm. the kind of layering over another. Go ghosty living if you want to yes yeah, or we just apologize for things you don't need to apologize for yeah like you just yeah anyway um but, but that was one, my experience in the metaverse one thing just to draw a waffle to a close on a different subject if you don't mind yeah yeah please you know we spoke recently about colin farrell right mm. when we did the review of banshees of inner share and i talked about the dynamic the three, career he's having and the three different performances i've seen him in this year right i googled colin farrell today first of all do you know how old colin farrell is oh i bet he's so much older than i think no. so he he looks like he's in his 40s but is he in his 50s? no he is in his 40s okay he but this is my thing he's 46 which is a Really okay. good, age. good age, which means James, when he was in Phone Booth, which was the film you mentioned no, many years stop. ago, he was twenty six. What he is? He was younger than us. I can When he was in Phone Booth, and you that's, look at a picture, I had to Google that's pictures. That's a grown man. I I know. I Google pictures of him as, as that character. Look in the phone at, booth. he's got a goatee and everything, and what he's sweating. That factor that makes you look sort of older and more. Grown-up talent—that'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretending to be something, but well. he does—he does look very grown-up. But he's twenty-six there, I, unless, unless God. Wikipedia is wrong. But if he's forty-six now, wow. booth came out twenty years ago. It's the simple maths I would say if you don't remember. Neither of us have seen Poe booth in a really long time, but we're quite sure it's a masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Keeper Sutherland yes. and. Um, yeah. yeah, well, that's uh, a really horrifying fact. So, uh, but anyway, Colin Farrell, keep at it. I'm Whatever still, age I'm still you always are. processing that like most footballers on a football pitch I watch now are younger than me. Yeah, yeah. I would be an experienced footballer. It is always like the fantasy that, you yeah. know, I could still be a professional footballer. I don't even play, I've never played no, football. No, <laughs> there's no. always that like, well, if I really got good this summer, no, it's over. It's properly over. Yeah, you still think you're like 14, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I hate to break it to you, James. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Had to really work hard at this podcast. <laughs> so, George, I just wanted to catch up on a few newsy things that have happened. I feel like there's just been some stories, some trailers related to things that we talked about before. And I just thought we could unpack some things, give some insight to our audience. First one I saw, which I think has been one of the biggest pieces of news these last 10 days, is that after... Uh, post credit scene in Black Adam. This is spoilers for people who've seen Black Adam. Neither of us have. Henry Cavill is back yes. as Superman. Uh, he appeared that. in a post credit scene and he sort of revealed himself to be part of that again. And I want to get your reaction to that, but also he has since left his role in The Witcher. Did you not hear this? No. So he announced he was back as Superman and then now, Luke, uh, no, Liam Hemsworth has been cast as Geralt of Rivia in season four of The Witcher. Oh. So he had four. Yeah, so, so he's doing season three now, oh. and he's being recast because I kind of think you Awkward. can't do two at the same time. Sure, I guess. But just reaction: Henry Cavill back as Superman for a Man of Steel sequel. Oh, so he's back. That's what he's back for. So they're doing a Man of Steel. Well, first of, of all, sequel. so the thing with him appearing in Black Adam, which I I, I, haven't, I, seen. I haven't seen, but apparently I did read a, a quick article on, I want to say Variety, might be the Hollywood Reporter, but I want to say Variety, which actually said that that was not the direction DC wanted to go in at all. Mm. The Rock pushed for that and actually went around a studio head to make it happen. God, The Rock's powerful. Yeah, I know, right? There was a studio head that actually wanted to do this separate thing with a black Superman that was going to like span many different decades. And The Rock was like, no, I want Henry Cavill back in as a super. And they filmed it, If I, I hope I've got this right, like with just a body, for most of it, and it was only, they only got, they only filmed this in September, and they got Henry Cavill in his, his head in last minute. And I saw that, when I saw the the news about that, he, that he's in, I thought, how is this canon? And then I thought, I don't actually really care. Because the only interesting film re- really is, is Man of Steel out of all of that stuff, mm-hmm. which is like interesting. And then the third act you go, okay. Um, oh, have I ever told the you- The first about- two acts of Man of Steel are actually better than people remember them to have be. Have I ever told you my Man of Steel story? When well, you met Henry Cavill on the tube? uh no i didn't meet him i did see him on the i did see him on the tube no this it's a, probably not safe for podcast okay consumption <laughs> another time uh, another time i'll tell you after we release already fans you can get <laughs> access to <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I, I you know man of steel steel sequel has actually been mooted for a while i yeah. remember after uh, batman versus superman came out they were like oh we're still gonna do um man of steel 2 and i was like but that's what you tried to do with uh, dawn of justice right that yeah. movie superman that was one of the problems it was trying it to be man, of steel, like a man two, of steel film though and then you kind of it kind of ruined it and then that went very quiet i think if you're going to do man of steel 2 um not that i have very much investment or attachment to any of this but if you're going to do man of steel 2 have it only connect to the first man of steel oh, I wish have it only connect to that i don't want it to connect to any of the other stuff and, and try and honor that kind of vision that Zack snyder maybe flawed but flawedly or did which was just Sober it up. Make it about something deeper. Make it about it was something. the between. Nolan if- effect influence. The Nolan really, effect. He produced it? it. I know he's got his name so, in the credits. Yeah. So try and try and stick to that. Cavill's Superman deserves a lot better than the sequels to Man of Steel. Totally. I think. Like I think that like, Man of Steel is flawed, but I think I rewatched it I almost it, four years ago, and those first two acts are so much better than you remember because I think the third act is just a bit ridiculous and leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But yeah, I'm kind of in for it. Mm. I'll watch it. I'm not going to watch Black Adam though. I do. I'm, 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 I'm really coming around on Henry Cavill though as a like a, you know, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying, not like coming around, I wasn't down here, but like I'm enjoying sort of Henry, Henry Cavill's Cavill sort of uh, post, I was going to say post Superman era, mm. but he's now just, <laughs> he's gone just gone back come and back and done it. What would be his post Superman years. It's been more like his inter Superman years. Yeah. And now he's a hiatus. Yeah, hiatus. You know what it means that he's now back as Superman. It means he's he, officially out he, of the running. ruling to play James Bond. You can't do both. You can't, can't do just talk about that a second. We did a thing, uh, an email question, didn't we, about who should play the next Bond? We put it on TikTok and it got a lot yeah. of comments on it. Yeah. I From just scanning the comments, I feel like the most named people were Richard Madden. Yes. Yeah. Reggie, 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 Reggie John Page. Reggie yeah. John John Page. Um, and who was the other one? Maybe Taron Egerton. But I yeah. feel like the Kingsman connections kind of tainted that. I know what you mean. He's done it. Um, Anyway, not to rehash that conversation, but I find interesting that Richard Madden's name came up A lot. lot. Next piece of news I want to talk about is that trailer for Ant-Man 3, Quantumania, that dropped. I had a particularly negative reaction to this trailer. I felt like, I I feel like now I've seen the same Marvel movie five times. Mm. And even though I haven't seen Ant-Man Quantumania, something about the look of it just made me feel like... Nothing. Mm. And it was like it was the siege. I know they're in they're in this quantum mania zone. Everything is like small, small. So it's gonna be like super, yeah. super crazy visuals, but I just feel like a load of yeah. nothing for it. Well, I when I saw the trailer for ant Man Quantumania, mm. I thought this has a whiff of Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness about mm. it. In, my, in that it could have been you have an idea that could be very interesting and stretch you yeah. into infinite realms. Jumping through dimensions. Has infinite possibilities. Yeah, infinite dimensions. The quantum realm, it's like a Terra Nova. You can do whatever you like with that. Just go and explore it. Make up it. all your own rules. Exactly. But what like happened with, um, with Doctor Strange, it was like, I know, look at all these different multiverses. Let's stick to one. And then I think that's when what's going to happen with yeah. Quantumania. It's going to have like five minutes of intriguing psychedelia. And then it's going to be back to uh, Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas Michael Douglas on a soundstage stage in front of a green screen. But so, I, do, I, I do love Paul Rudd, though. He's so, he's so good. He's enough to get me to go see it. Mm-hmm. On a separate note, I feel like, you know, when Hollywood sometimes decides that we're going to push this actor forward, I feel like Jonathan Majors <laughs> is about to properly burst yes. onto the scene. He's being introduced as the new big bad yeah. in Marvel, the largest entertainment IP arguably out right now, depending on how you count. Yeah. He's going yeah. to be in this new film, where, which is called, is it Devotion? It's a war, a war film. Like with uh, Glenn Powers? Yes, I, can't, I think that might not be the title and he's the villain in Creed 3 yes and you know when, you, you know when yeah. just all of a sudden like he's doing three things at once like yeah. when Jennifer Lawrence had Hunger Games Silver Linings or the, and this, um, the Adam Driver effect where he's Adam just Driver. like oh my god in that space of five years you're in everything yes. everywhere um, it just feels like here's Jonathan Majors I'm not saying he, he never did anything before but I feel like he's bursting onto the I, scene I, I, and, and rightly so it. like I, I i i i saw him first in the last black man of san francisco which i think i mentioned before which is kind of flawed but i he was great in it and then he was into five bloods and then he turns up in loki at the end and i really liked his little bit as very enigmatic. as very Kang. architect in the matrix scene, totally but fun sorry that's, sirens, that's are real, sirens. real that's a fire engine that oh, is, is a fire. Can you hear act. it? Do you, you think? Like, a slightly deeper, darker sound. A large horn, yeah. Do you hear the European sound? Sometimes the, yeah. Oh, no, that's an air raid. It's like an me. 1950s <laughs> air raid. Sorry. Take <laughs> yeah. cover now. Yeah. Anyway, um, Jonathan Majors. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, he's, and when I saw him in the trailer for Creed Three, I thought, of course, this is Jonathan Majors' time. But he can do... He, he uh, sorry, he did like Lovecraft Country as well. That was yeah. a big thing for him, that, that TV series. So he's clearly got acting shops where he can play small, uh, indie, interesting and big scale stuff. That's why I made the comparison to Adam Driver. And also because he's, uh, how else to put this, he's built like a brick yeah, shit okay. house. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks fantastic. Did you have any thoughts on the Succession season four trailer? Um, I did, I have any thoughts. Well, I, I did in that... Um, We'll talk about this when we talk about House of Dragon. Yeah. But I watched the Succession trailer and I was like, you know, I, I will watch this. And, I, and in hindsight, I have so much reservations about season three, yeah. the one that we just went. But I will always look, watch Succession, and I'm looking forward to it. But I was like, there was more Succession in House of Dragon than there was in actually Succession. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Like. They've gone for that, clearly. There was also more Crown in House of the Dragon than there was in The Crown. You've got like these two massive shows that ended up being more prominent in House of the Dragon. I can't wait for the House of the Dragon to just absorb every good TV show. Like we're going to do girls next season. It's going to be a a Rhaenyra riding on a dragon, woke up this morning, got yourself a sword. wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> anyway. This is actually bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> what you, you said. We're I am be killed. my dragon, I, 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 Larry. I, 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 just because he has blonde hair, you said you were Targaryen. I'm bleached. You blonde. can't just go around killing other people's dragons, Larry. That's Sammy's dragon. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my throat, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Jeff. <on> my, sorry. <laughs> Jeff. Look what you've done now. <laughs> Anyway. Uh. Um, the, the, I, I'm really excited to watch season four, <laughs> Succession. Yeah. But it was the same trailer as season three. What is like, like, it's war. It kind of goes, yeah, it, it's war. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna go and we're gonna go yeah. do that, right? Uh, oh, are gonna be there, right? Yeah, But I'm there. Sure. This next one is that Matt Reeves is planning several Batman villain spin-offs. One of which is The Penguin. One of which is The Penguin. Speaking again of Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Uh, which re- I think just today cast Kristen Melotti. Chris, you know, the mother of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah I like her, she's good. <laughs> Shame, um, <laughs> we noticed that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Again, you know when you talked about Tom Hardy not wanting to be Bond, bon, you didn't want Tom Hardy to be Bond because you didn't yes. want him to be tied down as Bond for several years. Mm. Colin Farrell being the Penguin in a series, I'm like, I don't want him to be tied down as the Penguin for, for ages. And also, mm. I thought we want to keep the mystique around that for, for the Batman too, right? Mm. Um, what other projects does he get? It's, it's like all villain based. I think it sounds it? like there's going to be an Arkham Asylum series, which right. could be fun. Um, and then potential uh, things based on Scarecrow, Clayface, and Professor Pig. Look, I mean, the good thing about I him, liked the Batman. Yeah, I did too. I liked its world. Uh, but I don't need It's like they went, oh, wow, you did something different there. Why don't you just play our game and just b- cut that up into little pieces and yeah. grow it? And it's like, well. I saw the Batman, really liked it. And I was like, great. I look forward to watching a sequel in maybe five years. Yes. When I feel like there's another yes. Batman film, which I think that is likely what's going to yes. happen. And I was just ready for them to evolve it and do the new chapter of their own little Batman story. Yes. I don't, I don't need want them to, to, be done to dish it up to me on small plates. No, yeah. thank you. Well, there you go. Those are just some. Um, news items. Depressingly, 80% of them were Marvel and DC stuff. Yes. Such is the news, such as the environment. But there you go. Just some things to, to chat about. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so George, as this episode is titled, I want to talk about the two fantasy series that have come out. And I want to... Sit down and we're going to go to talk about spoilers, but I want to talk about these shows together yes, and talk about how I think they're, they're obviously very clearly very contrasted. Yes. But I think what's interesting about, you know, these shows coming out at the same time is that Game of Thrones, the show, yeah. would never have existed like a lot of fantasy IP yeah. without Tolkien and Lord of the Rings. Right. And I think Game of Thrones success meant that Rings of Power could then happen. Exactly. And I also think it's then been a reason why House of the Dragon as well could have a spin off. And the DNA is intrinsically linked, right? They're so linked. And I think they'll forever just keep trading, you know, their own inspiration. And I think it's interesting. The success of Game of Thrones, regardless for its ending, it's clearly going to go down as one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Like some of the moment, I actually just was rethinking about some of the great <laughs> moments in yeah. that show and, and what it did so well. And I think... You know what has happened is you've had this huge industry endorsement in the fantasy genre, mm. and what has happened is you've got these shows, which I think I mentioned this in my Rings of Power first impressions. This very interesting environment where these shows have almost been pre-commissioned, mm. where they, it doesn't really—it's not like they're expected to not survive yes. in terms of ratings. Like we know the audience is there. It's all about now like giving the people what they want. Yes, and I think these shows, despite you know being out at the same time, I think they're clearly going for very different things. You and I have now both seen seasons one, both seasons of uh, Rings of Power and House of the Dragon. And we wanted to talk about uh, spoilers. We want to just go into the plot. We want to sort of review them next to each other. And um, if you haven't seen them yet, we are going to be talking about the plot. So please uh, stop There'll be time codes in the bottom if you want to skip ahead to something else in the episode. But if not, please come back and listen to this. Uh, it has been about two weeks since the since those series finished. But l- I think we should start with House of the Dragon. Yes. And I think if you, if you, a couple of weeks ago, we did our first impressions of House of the Dragon. Again, yep. you can go back and listen to that. And I feel slightly um, like when I li- th- look back on my impressions of House of the Dragon, mm-hmm. they just felt immediately out of date yes. once <laughs> I started watching more episodes because that show covers so much yes. both like in the drama and how much time it, it, it goes goes on to sort of uh, pass through. But George, just sort of wh- yeah. how, how, House of the Dragon coming out of season well, one, how do you feel about it? Well, first of all, I wanted to say that it's not just, you mentioned sort of the link, how, the, how Rings of Power and House of the Dragon play off against each other. They're both also two massive fantasy prequels <laughs> that Very are coming true. at the same time yes. that set before massive events that we know about. Yeah. Um, when you gave me your first impression of House of the Dragon, you said, mm. it's more Game of Thrones, I did, right? Yeah. And I think it is, but what it is actually, it is more quintessential, uh, original, early Game of Thrones, yeah. which is what people got into the show for originally. It is people whispering in corridors It so is people much. plotting. It is taking a show of many different characters and making you feel many different things about them. What I loved about the House of the Dragon is I, you know, of the two of us, I was very reluctant to watch it. Yes, I remember. I, I, I you know, I my fingers have been you burned. You did it for the show. Really. I did it for the show, honestly. And and I think a lot of people were in the same boat thinking, we're over Game of Thrones. That really like, we that we, we had our fingers burned with how it ended in 2019. Do we want to go and revisit it now? Yeah. And I remember watching the first episode. We talked about it thinking, hmm, okay, this is intriguing. Mm. And the way that show progressed and developed and had a cumulative effect, which I love when a TV show does this, so that by the time you reach the end, you think, wow, I'm really into this story and I really can't wait to see where this goes. It was brilliant. It did that thing that Game of Thrones does, which is presenting you with a character in a multifaceted way that makes you invest in them sort of emotionally and narratively, and then antagonizing your feelings of how you feel about this character against another character that you also feel something towards. Mm. And I love the way that um, it really it conflicted me about how I felt about certain people. Yep. Take, for example, Kristen Cole, who begins the show as this sort of symbol of what Rhaenyra could escape to be, yes. and this noble prince, and and you're sort of wanting this connection to happen. And when it does halfway through the season, it just doesn't quite happen as you'd expect. And he sort of, you know, he has that moment where he says, "Come on, you, we can, I can, I can, we can both escape this." And obviously, she says, "No, I, you know, I have my duty." Mm. And then he turns into a fucking asshole. Sorry to be so blunt, <laughs> yeah. but he turns into an absolute mm. awful presence. Um, and 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 it made me feel this kind of like, oh, but I was with you mm. previously. Similarly, with I'm really sorry, I just sweared so loudly. Uh. But if you were in the car with your children, cover <laughs> your ears, please. Um, if uh, similarly with like Matt Smith's character Damon, mm. who is brilliant. Uh, I mean, fantastic. sirens are on our end. Um, that is a that is sirens. a fire engine, isn't it? <laughs> sorry, sirens on our end, as you. Um, Matt Smith, who we always knew is a brilliant actor, but she can do so, kings. He there can are do entire Roy. scenes of conflict. There's yeah. that one scene in, I think, episode seven, where it's all about the eye that's been slashed out, and it's about like, yeah. and he doesn't have any lines in that, mm. but he's just looking and he, t- he says so much. The, the, the show is so good at using and creating its own dramatic tension. Well, that's exactly right. It's, what it's I mean. a master of it. like but, Whether it's just in a look, it just no know. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, but I was just saying, so then, but like, Damon at the beginning of the series, you're like, oh, you're just a thorn in the side because mm. Viserys, no, he's not a, you know, he, like you're, you're, you're getting in the way and then he kind of has these failures and then he sort of matures and then he has these moments of being really, like it's coming through at the end again, at the end of the series, mm. this danger behind him. <laughs> um, and he has this sort of, his, but then at the same time, he, despite his sort of sadism and his, and his violence towards his cold heartedness mm. and cold bloodedness, mm. This sort of weird relationship with Rhaenyra, he does care for her, and he is actually passionate about he's loyal his loyal as well. Viserys, I love Pazzi Constantine in this. What great character you've got! A king that is, Grossing as they say at the end, yeah, trying, they say yeah. he is a good man, but mm. he's not really born to be a king. He's he, he's flawed. He's neither terrible, but he's neither brilliant he he has no passion and-, and he has no battle he has no he has no central conflict that will exactly make him remembered and, and that this affects him disintegration of him physically yeah. uh, until, until that final episode and even when that moment when he's crawling up to the iron throne and even Damon comes up to him and he's like come on yeah like gives him a hand because even yes. he understands like that the pride of walking up to your own throne and grasping a sword so and- yeah so weaving that interconnected web of different feelings and different tensions and and, and, and different characters was probably one of the primary enjoyments yeah. I, I i derive from it and like that that reminded me of game of thrones in particular as well like episode nine of this series when viserys has died and there's like almost like a coup mm. reminding me very much of season one of game of thrones when robert baratheon's died yeah. and ned stark is thrown in jail and mm. he's about to be Executed, and it's like, oh my god, this is happening! Everyone springs into action, and 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 yeah, you swear allegiance? Exactly, and it's like they for for the previous nine episodes, they've been just slowly cranking the tension back, and then Mm. they're going to release it all of a sudden. And sorry, one more thing the 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 violence in this, I think, was used in Game of Thrones was much. Sorry, the violence in the House of the Dragon was used in a much more interesting way than I think the violence in Game of Thrones, which by the end was like kind of sensationalist and kind of like, oh, someone got the head chopped off. But in this. There was done with moments of humor, which I do remember that being episode one I told you about when the guy like throws up. Yeah, yeah, Um there are um sharp, sharp stops of violence that are incredibly like shocking. The bit in episode nine where Kristen Cole forces Lord, whatever, and he just smashes his head on the on the yeah. pebble, and it's just that quick, clean action. I was like, that really stuck with me for a while. I was like, I kind of feel that connection. Oh. Um, and and even then the use of like um trauma around childbirth it's kind of like yeah. recurrent throughout the the show yeah i was i was back in and now i like such a sucker mm. because 10 weeks ago i was there going oh you know maybe i'll watch it and i'm like when is season two we yeah. have to wait till 2024 or something on on the violence <laughs> note uh for a show that has the word dragon in the title i actually thought the dragons were really well underused mm. because i think it would have been too much to have them just have been like a dragon fight the whole time and i love the way they build tension by how i feel like the members of the targaryen family almost have this cold war style policy of mutually assured destruction Mm. it's like you have a dragon i have a dragon mine's a little bit bigger we're not going to use them but if you don't, yeah. you know that I'm bringing my dragon to yeah. this. You know, I think it's in episode two when Damon's acting yeah. up and Rhaenyra comes with a dragon. And these men are just standing in between these two furnaces, like these yeah. nuclear things. And I'm like, the hairs on my arm are standing up, hearing the sound yeah. of it. And I think it was so good how, I, I think obviously the war is coming. This is set yeah, up yeah, yeah. the war. But I like how they didn't overuse the dragons mm-hmm. as a tool. And um, yeah, it's just like making a comment about how it uses dramatic tension. I, th- I think- where I will contrast it with Rings and Power later is that th- what this show does is that it lives and thrives in the grey area. Mm. And in the Rings of Power and in Tolkien traditionally, like the lines between good and evil are yes. really clearly drawn yes. most of the time, sort of kind of binary. And you sort of always understand where each character sits. Whereas in House of the Dragon, what it does so well is that everyone is flawed and everyone is sometimes good, and you never really know who is about to turn on you and sort mm. of completely flip the narrative. There's there's some great moments in the end where like, some character's like, did you never imagine yourself on the iron throne? Mm. Like, come on, of course Mm. you did. Mm. And I think what it does well is that it's so good at telling you in every scene exactly what everyone is thinking and not what necessarily with dialogue it can yeah. just be with look it can be the way someone grasps their sword the way yes. someone takes a drink and it makes me as an audience member feel like i'm the clever one for understanding yes. that and of course it's the most obvious thing but i feel like i am understanding this unspoken dynamic between all of these characters and all of these yeah. families and you get really into this mess that's been yeah. created of like, there's incest, people sleeping with who yeah. they shouldn't. There's relationships that are relationships of convenience that are just for like building the houses, yeah. but really they're sleeping and having children with other people. And it's just, you're like, this is just, and there's like, you know, the bodyguards who are actually fathering <laughs> yes, children yes. who are breaking the bloodline. And also so many people have the same name. Yes, so the oh, names Rainer, are Rhaenyra, Raina, yeah. yeah. Viserys, Viserys, Aegon, yeah. uh, Aegon, Aegon. Uh, uh, it's, it's absolutely out of control. Eamon, veyman and Damon. that's so, the one yeah. as well. <laughs> out of control. <laughs> And you get to the point where, you know, the Sarah dies and everyone's like, who do we swear allegiance to? And everyone's like, well, you slept with that person. Yeah, You're yeah, with your yeah, brother. Yeah. That person is not actually that person's child. It's, yeah. just, it's just been like 20 years of of a mess. Um, I, I love, sorry, just on that, yeah, bit, no, when you, about episode nine with the, the tension in that, when they go into that boardroom and I say, you know, Kristen Cole sort of accidentally kills that Lord yeah. and it's that tension and Graham McTavish pulls his sword out. The Kristen Cole, Cole pulls his sword out. And I love that tension of like, of how power exists in that room. Yeah. Which is like Otto Hightower has power through words and influence, and the yeah. Queen has formal power but is kind of powerless, and Graham McTavish and Kristen Corral have physical power because they armed. are armed. Yeah. Um, and I just love that dynamic about uh, watching the sparks fly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it, I think it, it, for having only seen one season of this show, I think it's done a really good job of establishing who these people are yeah. and what they want. Um, I think I think it is. If I'm to criticise it, I think there are a couple of episodes which are a little bit slow. But now I I've finished in the it earlier stages. It think? Think? Yeah. I want to say like four or five, maybe yeah. I can't remember. But it's, I think there's a couple of notes where I'm like, this is really there's a lot of names, a lot of faces, a lot yeah. of like people, and then there's the this very big time time jump yeah. where some actors have recast, and I think we skip ahead maybe ten years or something. And you know, I found that episode a little bit jarring yes. to sort of reconnect to those people. And I'm, yeah. I, I think the actors were brilliant all the way yes, through. and absolutely. I'm not saying it was their yeah. fault. But I did feel a little bit like, "Who's who again, and whose kid is yeah. that?" Because uh, it actually spans twenty years, 20, which is right. mad, yeah. right? Um, no, but I, yeah, I know I, I did, I, that was slightly confusing. But then I, I loved it when you know Emma Darcy, brilliant. Olivia yeah. Cook always brilliant, yeah. actually. Um, and even the younger Millie versions Alcock of the Millie Alcock as well. I thought was really good as the young, Raniere, young Yes, Raniere. yes, yeah. and a bit like how we, we were talking about Matt Smith, Paddy Constein, Risa fans Similarly, always. Mm always a delight to see he, you know he doesn't talk a lot he just does looks and, does and it the works the same sort the of series. look and the same and, and the beginning okay. again at the beginning of the series you're like oh it's a high tower he kind of wants he, he can see damon for the threat he is yeah. so you kind of side with him and by the end you're like oh you absolute snake yeah um i, I it's we're kind of cracking with enjoyment and it's a shame that it's it, it's a, such a long time to wait yeah and I, th- I think the biggest uh, sort of mark of failure for the show would have been if we'd finished it and we didn't care like oh, the fact yeah. that even like you know you said you know how cynical you were, and I was a little bit like, oh, am I really gonna jump in again? The fact that we're here, mm. excited about what Game of Thrones could be again, I think is a testament that Game of Thrones and the property, House of the Dragon, deserves mm. to be yes. regarded as the, the highest quality drama that you can exist on TV right now. Even if it is dragons and kings, and it's a little bit corny. Cool, I'm like, no, this I'm happy to recommend this. This is this is good. Sunday night, yeah. your dragons and and your and your swords. I, I I really enjoyed it as well. So we should probably talk about Rings of Power by Rings contrast, Power, right? Yes, we sort of started to talk a little bit about how. I mean, I mean, it's it's obvious to me these are very different yeah. shows, right? It seems fitting that you, you can con- contrast it to uh, how, um, Rings of Power. Rings of Power, thank you. Because I think what makes has probably really shaped House of Dragons' identity is that it had a creative challenge ahead of it. You know, I kind of spoke about this before, which is like you're creating a show for an IP that has been conflict is now conflicted in people's minds, right? Mm. Then people don't know how they feel about Game of Thrones anymore, right? Like exactly like you and I were just talking about. Yeah. So the creative challenge against, uh, that the writers and creators of House of the Dragon were up against is how do we get how do we get people to, to re-engage with this story um, and, and invest? And that Not is a healthy, that is well. a healthy challenge uh, Structure within to create a new piece of content and art and, and drama, okay? Yeah. By contrast, Rings of Power, when you talked about it, you said it's been already commissioned for five seasons. It is the expen- most expensive show ever, ever made. Yeah. It's what, 53, 58 million pounds or a million dollars per episode, Sounds about right. right? Where's the creative conflict in in making that? If, if, if the creators have been told from the get-go, here's all your money, you're five years ahead of time, mm-hmm. just go for it. I know, I'm know. i not saying there's no creative talent there. There's definitely creative talent in, yeah. in Rings of Power, but it's like the structures within which you are working are very different. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to... The fight for people's attention and trust is a different battle, right? Mm. So with Rings of Power, I think... How I'm do you feel about it? Well, look, so let's, yeah. uh, here's the thing. Rings of Power, you... you you're a diehard Tolkien Lord of the Rings fan, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, if I, can I use that? To an extent, exact? yeah. Right. But you, you you love the films love the and films. you know your lore, right? Yes. I do not. I am the opposite. I am the layman. I am the casual observer. I have seen one or two of the Lord of the Rings films many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. I actually remember going to the cinema when I was seven to see Fellowship of the Rings. okay? It changed my life. <laughs> That's okay. why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, God. <laughs> um, but, uh, but so i don't have any attachment to it but you did mm-hmm. uh, i mean i don't know what anyone, everyone else thought but yeah. i personally thought you did a really good job of selling the show so i came I out of my your first review of it. On the yeah. feed. i came out of the review and i thought oh you know what yeah, like you like give it a go and i did i ended up watching the whole whole show and and, and what you, i mean do you want me to tell you what i thought or, or, or I'm, I'm interested to know what you think now coming to the end as someone who's a talking uh, who's involved in talking mm-hmm. who knows this stuff where do you now sit, having been sort of intrigued at the beginning? So it's interesting you sort of said that I would be like, you know, diehard or um, really sort of, you know, obsessed about Tolkien. And in so many ways I am, and I do have now in my spare time, I find myself going on the lore and like, like Gandalf in an old library, like reading through the Brilliant. scrolls. What I've realized about myself in the time that the Rings of Power has come out, when I look at the criticism online of what this show is facing, compared with my own opinions of it, what I am now realizing is that I am not nearly as protective over the law of Lord of the Rings mm. as many other people are. And I think that is what is making a lot of other people dislike the Rings of Power. But I don't see that as a bad thing because I, I, right. I, I count but myself I would, as that, right? I, I'm not brushed up on the law and I, I think to myself, oh God, how liberating. Right. I don't look at this you and just just go, go Whatever. oh, you've got this wrong. I think, hey. I'm taking it at face value. There's stuff that I know they're doing different, compressed timelines, people that are sort of here and depictions of things. But then I, I you know, because I've, I've, I've know the show's been criticized and I'm looking at some of, literally, let's be honest, the TikToks of people going into it and I'm, I'm realizing, yeah, but I don't care. Yeah. I'm kind of having a good time, time with what it's doing. I have criticisms of the show, yeah. but my problems with it do not lie in its warping of Tolkien's law. Okay, so, so what, do what I, I would say it? is that, like, if you are someone that finds that problem, I don't think this is probably the review for where I'm going to sit down and break down each bit and go well, they shouldn't have done this and that person shouldn't have been there yeah. and really this shouldn't have been done in, done in that way. Um, my feelings on how when I first gave my first impressions, you can check out, I had this warm fuzzy feeling of excitement mm-hmm. where I was looking forward to my Fridays to sit down and watch the Rings of Power and I had that all the way through. I think Here's here's my main statement about the Rings of Power. I never feel cool watching it. (laughs) When I watch Peter Jackson's trilogy, there are, I say like every 15 minutes, there's something really cool that happens. And I go, that's cool. This is like, obviously in the sort of parameters of I've had to see. Yeah, the parameters (laughs) of what you define (laughs) as (laughs) as (laughs) (laughs) cool. (laughs) like cool moments. And in the Rings of Power, I never feel that cool watching it. And I think that represents the difference in tone for what this has done in, its presentation of its characters and its conflict and its dialogue style. I think I remember when you said you were going to watch it, I said, oh, that's great. Watch it. Just pretend you don't know what good dialogue is. Mm -hmm. Right. And there are a few moments where I feel the opposite of how, how where I watch House of the Dragon, where I feel really smart for figuring stuff out and seeing that that character wants to do one thing. I feel like I'm. I feel like there are a lot of characters that start the show and finish it in the exact same place. Yes, and I feel like I can very much almost predict what was going to happen in that scene. I thought the. Um, I love Nori, I, uh, she's adorable, yeah. I want her to be my friend, Heartful. I want to give her a hug and say she's doing great, yeah. but there were, I think, three scenes in that show that I think were exactly the same, which was the stranger uses magic in some way and gets them into trouble yeah. and goes too far, and I was just a bit like, we could have we done a bit more with this. I think towards the I think this show had a big, a big weight over its shoulders, which is, who is Sauron? Who is the stranger? Mm. Who are the sort of um, albino models? Yeah, everyone's with, talking with about Jamie. Yeah. Who is who is who is who? And I think it creates a slightly frustrating uh, center point to run your show. And I think at the end when it's revealed to you, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. But that, I guess that was, season, that was season one. But I had, to, I had such a good, mm. warm, fuzzy time along the way. And uh, I'm not irritated by what deviations it took. How do you feel about the next season? Like you said with, you know, how striking you're invested, you're looking forward to it. How do you feel about uh, the... Confused. I feel like it's weird that they went straight to Sauron when they've got five seasons to go. Yes. Because Halbrand—well, it's not Halbrand, but like that young humanized form of Sauron—I think is obviously going to play a play a part, and we're going to see. Uh, that's the thing. Yeah. I can't really predict. I can't really predict where it's yeah. going to go. So I'm a little bit confused about why they did that so soon. I thought, oh, it's bold. They're really like alluding to that. So I've got no. I've got no idea mm. what they're going to do with it, and I'm just quite happy to be, be to be taken. Okay. But at the end of that, I think Galadriel's in the same. Galadriel's in the same point. Yeah. At the beginning of that scene, Nori's in the same point. I think Elrond is just constantly quite like, you know, happy to help, but sort of torn the whole time. I think I think that's really interesting. So I have kind of I'm kind of similar, yeah. but in slightly different places. So like I said, I approach this as a layman, and I. Kind of watched it. What I do, what I do agree on is that the first episode was absolutely brilliant in getting wow. me hooked in. The, the the imagery, the sort of it's basically one big prologue. And yeah. I and I slightly naively expected the whole series, every episode, to be like that, to be a grand story. And but I it kind of a... told you the whole first episode, but, it, but it's brilliant. My review, when she jumps off the I know, boat, it's just amazing. Brilliant, um, Score. brilliant sort of getting you in uh, 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 in the first episode. Um, I think that you know, um. Uh, subsequent subsequent to that i i looked forward to every friday i looked forward to my weekly television again there was something kind of old school and comforting about that which i agree with you um i do think the writing is not <laughs> what it should be frankly i don't there aren't any definable moments where i can go that's a bad bit of dialog That's a bit. bit there are weaknesses everywhere there's no like big pitfalls but i think they're just at moments i thought well that could have been a bit stronger for me one thing that really stood out is that I think four of the plots are identical, which is the young people say, I think we should do this because this new thing needs to happen. And the old people say, no, 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 no. We stick to the ways we we used to, which is the Halffoot story, the dwarf story, kind of the elf story, um, uh, Numenor bit. Uh, That's the thing. I do find it uneven because I (laughs) all the bits in Numenor I could have just gone to sleep. I found Same. incredibly dull. Don't get me wrong; there were moments when I in it felt Numenor were like a weird side set. They went there and then they came uh, back. It was like we need to go here for a few episodes to kill time, right? And this is the thing: the management of time in this, in this series was really strange. So they arrive in Numenor, which, by the way, I actually liked, and it was an interesting contrast to House of the Dragon. Because in House of the Dragon, you talked about it works in the gray area. Mm. And what happens in when they arrive at Numenor, it's this big, dun, 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 operatic, like shimmering in bright light, golden statues, a real epic scale. And I thought, this is how this show is different. And this is what this show does best, Mm. is big scale, bright, unapologetic, grand, high fantasy. Okay. However, that said, I do find that all the stuff innumerable, pretty, pretty boring. I think a lot of people have been quite critical of the actors in this this show, and I'm always reluctant to do that because I think writing is think the is the, is, is is the is the thing that holds actors back a lot. It can make actors seem wooden and stilted when they're given quite um, misshapen dialogue to work with. Um, the difference between you and I, is, me as a layman, there were scenes where I was like, why am I hanging out with this sea captain's son and his daughter? For right, you, yeah. you're like, oh, that's a, a seal door, door right? So, yeah. But for me, I'm like- this doesn't work narratively. Yeah. I'm watching it with my girlfriend who also hasn't uh, seen Lord of the Rings. And I was just, it felt like the narrative just went <laughs> ground to a yeah. halt. And I was like, why am I, why are you just forcing this character onto me who I haven't been introduced with? Can you just stick with who you gave me in the first episode, please? Mm. Um, so anyway, Numenor couldn't really care about that. Yeah, the Half-Fits thing is fine. I didn't see the thing coming with the stranger. Well, I did in that, so the whole series is like it's, like, it's sour and it's sour and, it's sour, and it's sour on. And I'm like, and my girlfriend out of just naivety was like, is he is he Gandalf? Yeah. And I went, oh my God. You're a great guy. Great and then beard. I had like four episodes Lots left till they, till, yeah. till, they, till, they, till they come back to I, the I didn't. They didn't fool me at all in the last episode when the, the albino wizards were like, you're Sauron. I was like, he's not. Yeah. Because the thing is like, I knew who a lot of the other characters were and I was like, I don't know who the fuck this Halbrand guy is. I know who that, I know know that's Calabrim Ball. I was like, who the fuck is Halbrand? That guy is the deceiver. The evil's under Gladwell's nose the whole time. Like towards the end, I was like, that's clearly Sauron. But anyway, sorry. No, no. um, I just think when you mentioned Elrond, um, I really liked having Robert Arameo. Me too. I thought he's great. Robert Arameo is great. And also I liked it because Robert Arameo is not an actor that will be known to many people, but he was in one scene in, in Game of Thrones an episode, six yeah. years ago. Well, wait, one episode what, when, and, and one of the greatest yes, moments this, in Game of yes, Thrones. can I? This is this is the thing I was trying to explain it to to, to, to Anna, my girlfriend, because um, he's a young Ned Stark. He plays a young Ned Stark, a very small but very pivotal moment in Game of Thrones. And I remember watching this scene. It is basically just one long scene that he yeah. has, right? Well, it's like a thing that keeps Brian keeps going back. Yeah, to, keeps, yeah. but but then it, yeah, but um. And I remember watching him in it and it's this very sort of heightened emotional moment. I remember thinking, this guy's good. This guy, I'm into this guy. And then I've never seen him in anything anything since. And then he turned up in this and I thought, good for you. I'm still glad you're still around. I'm glad you get your moment Got the other fantasy IPs in there. Um, So great, Robert Aramea is in it. Um, On on that comment you made on writing, it's like, yeah, there aren't individual moments where I go, that's really bad. But there are scenes where I go, I did already get it. There's this moment when uh, Durin is with his wife in in, in um, khazad doom and they're, they're talking, and he just explains to the audience the conflict that I already know about. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, I want to respect my father, Durin, yeah. but also Elrond's my friend. I know, I know. And, yeah, and then yeah. they just have this conversation to re- and I never feel like I'm the clever one yeah. for figuring it out. It's almost like they don't know which how to pitch it. Do we go smart and let the audience figure mm. it out? Do we just tell it all and let the audience just sit back and kind of watch the spectacle? Yeah. Um, I, I said in my original impressions, I said, I'm worried that it's, it's neither, it, it, it I don't, I don't think it's good for the fans, kids, mm. or for like the diehard, or oh sorry, mm. or for new people. And I think it, it struggles to really be good for any of them. And I almost wish that maybe they had just gone. We're going to go hard for the talking yes. people, or we're just going to go for new. And I it just—it doesn't quite. I think mesh I think that's one, one thing you could describe this whole series as is directionless. I think it's kind of got a sense of where it's going, but it, it kind of leans a little bit one way and it goes. Oh no, we're going to change. I and go over here. But who um, is Sarah? I don't know about you, but I suddenly—it was just like. Yeah, we've got all this stuff. Oh, by the way, this is the season finale. I don't, it just yeah. arrived. We need, we need. This show's called Rings of Power. Where are the rings? We need to make a, a metal thing. It yeah. must be round. It's going to be a ring. We'll make yeah. crowns. We don't have enough for a crown. Okay yeah. then, rings. Right. Yeah, but, okay. but, but But I was just like, oh, you could have given uh, three more episodes out of this. I just think it's a shame, particularly when you're aware of how much this show cost and how much money was pumped into it i'm like do you not think people should have trawled over could you not have yes spent it better it's almost like uh, it's the the albatross around its neck it's because it it doesn't look like anything i've ever seen the 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 wide the design of like the wide cities yes and and and, and i just think wow the detail that's got into that is just incredible i've never seen anything like it i I agree with you that the physical design of the orcs was again brilliant brilliant frightening and and and, and, and that's another thing that action sorry just remember that i described that one action scene which i thought was really well done with the chains and the sunlight and they were pulling each other in and out I was like that was cool and I didn't really get another one that I thought oh this is a really well crafted action scene I I did like the uh, I liked Galadriel as a character actually and I actually thought a lot of the female characters in the, in this show really works because it the show wasn't being like look at all my prominent female characters look how great we are they were just there and functioning and fully dimensional not as been they there should there be in lord of the rings but yeah. also galadriel what i liked is how i liked how impatient and stubborn mm. she was uh, she could not have time she did not have any time to sit around with these people and she was like i've literally got shit to do evil is everywhere evil is everywhere <laughs> and yeah. i thought i kind of like relate to that i kind of respect that mm. um, so yes, yeah, so I would say uh, directions. It did leave me kind of feeling a little bit flat. I was like, I guess I'll watch the next one, but I don't really know where this is going yet. Are we close to the end? Are we far away from the end? House of the Dragon, you finished and you're like, shit, it's war. And what a brilliant ending because it's like mm. one thing I didn't mention about House of the Dragon. It sorry, really did, kind of ends. We, well, yeah. well just, just to jump back into it is that um, there are loads of moments of accidents in, in Game of Thrones, that um, sorry, in the House of the Dragon that caused the plot to move on. You know, that's yeah. so my point. is like the, the plot, the, the show ends with, um, one of Rhaenyra's children being killed by accident. Yes. But it's cause of war. Yeah. And similarly, um, Viserys tells Allison about the Song of Ice and Fire by mistake, with mistaking him for Reneira. Yeah. She thinks Kristen Cole knows about Damon and Reneira, but actually he, he thinks they're talking about Hamon. Anyway, yeah. that's great. Um, yeah, but, but when I finished Rings of Power, back to that show, uh, I don't know how I felt about it, but I'm glad you got me to watch it. Yeah. I am, even though I don't know a lot of the characters' names. And the elf, there was one character we just called the sexy elf man. Oh, what's his name again? He was so sexy. Yeah, with the, with the eyes, Deere. Right, sure, sexy elf. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, again like being a bit on the nose that moment when you know mount doom erupts and casts ash and shadow all over the southlands and then you get the uh the title of the Southlands, and then it ashes yeah. away and it's like mordor and i'm like yeah, yeah i know, we know mordor, i know mordor, i know the map mordor's in the south like, yeah yeah we could have yeah, we knew I, that I, was I knew. happening yeah because yeah. the sun like, yeah uh, uh, anyway i mean look that i don't think you have anything else to cover on it but Amazing score from Bear McCreary and Howard Shaw. He sort of did it in conjunction. Howard Shaw did the original. Uh, this is the thing I wanted to ask. Mm. Is it canon with the, the Peter Jackson films? No. I, from what I understand, technically no. But even the Balrogs look the same and the Sauron's know, got the you've, same you've, armor. You've raised this, and the, the, the design of the Balrogs is the same. The design of the Dwarves is largely the same. The way that they use. Uh, text and the fonts that like they've come up with is the same i would need to look into so because um, new line cinema are credited in the credits and obviously new line made lord of the rings so i wanted to know is that could it, it, it yeah is it canon so so the people who the, some of the artists who drew peter jackson's lord of the rings is john howe and alan lee amazing artists they are like tolkien artists beautiful they have drawn tolkien as we know it and they did it before peter jackson picked up the films and they've been doing it since right, right? they have set what we understand is like a visual language for like how dwarves look yeah. how their language is and i think they are sort of going that is like tolkien and we accept that like you you see their drawings in the illustrations in the books and you see that they drew the films Okay. I think their work is clearly being lifted and put into the design of this series. Yeah. From what I understand, they do not have the rights to the First Age and the Third Age, right? Okay. First Age being pre this show, Third Age being Lord of the Rings, as okay. you know it, right? So this has to operate in its own sphere and therefore it cannot necessarily be treated as canon connected to those. Almost so we'll never know in a way, kind of. I you guess. know that Sauron's going to go and do this and we know that story, but technically it's not bound to the actions of that film. Because I thought when I, when I saw the Balrog... You know, it looks exactly the same, yeah. I yeah, thought. it's like a sort of rat, like a forward round yeah. with fire. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's all well, I have to say. It's like it's very, it's very unclear. I'm interested to know what everyone else thinks. Yeah. Like, please uh, get how in do touch. They think, is it unfair for us to compare them? I think if you know, we might title this as like House of Dragon versus Rings of Power. I think we can agree that House of the Dragon comes out as is, is on top. Yeah. Definitely has our vote if they in were terms together. Of like or not. Pure quality drama. Yes. Yeah. HBO continues as it for an hour of your time. Um, how? I mean, yeah. Just sort of on that question, like. <laughs> You sort of answered it. You think it's House of the Dragon, but where do you? What do you like? Is this is there someone you recommend Rings of Power to more than House of the Dragon? Well, I would I would say House of the Dragon. Um, sorry, Rings of Power. I, I would recommend if you like, you want a romp, a mm. bit more um, something you can relax into, and in that you're I'm no, I'm not going to watch Rings of Power. To feel uncomfortable or wince at someone getting killed. I'm going to be like, oh, it's a bit of a romp and through great landscapes, An and adventure, an, an adventure. Yeah, hurrah! Mm. Uh, if you like that. Um, and you want to sort of smash your cup of mead against another cup of mead and yeah. do that. I thought it was quite funny, sorry, how um, when uh, Gandalf became Gandalf and like the uh, the white people like sort of injected yes. him, he just came out with like a prof- an Oxford professor's English. Yes. <laughs> like, just sort of, he yeah. was like, I am Peril. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. came up with, like, well, of course, you know, yes, if, yeah. you, if you do this, this. That's uh, They did um, what just on the rings, we'll have one more thing. They Darth Mauled those three bad albino people why why tease them in the early episodes like looking and being very sort of ominous standing no, they're gonna come back because they turned into insects and flew away they they died no 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 well, i think the main one insect. the main one with the buzz cut is gonna come back because they zoomed in on his insect and that flew away and that will come back oh uh, he'll come back oh good right maybe i'll yeah, cut yeah, this w- comment then whatever but um i think that in a way, they kind of can happily coexist because it's like, if I met someone and I said, oh, well, we should watch House of the Dragon. They, they, they were into these kind of shows. Mm. And they said, well, I don't really like House of the Dragon. i was like, you'd probably like the Rings of Power then because they're basically opposites. So different. And that's why I think it's interesting because they came out the same they time. They stand for different they things. They both are under the fantasy genre yeah. but could not feel more yeah. contrast in what they're doing. I have a feeling people writing in will have a lot more to say about the Rings of Power, funnily enough, and whether or not that agreed with them. Mm. But nonetheless, I'd still love to hear what you thought of the both if you've okay. seen them both as always you can write into the show uh, to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. podcast.com uh, we love to hear your thoughts your questions your concerns we'll read them out on a future episode but yeah that was sort of our rings yes. of power versus house of the dragon yes we hope you enjoyed it thank you yeah. oh one thing i forgot to mention about rings of power classic you after some b-roll yeah thank you um not a great Title sequence, not a good intro. I skipped the intro. I never skipped the intro, but Mm. for that one, I was like some dust on the ground blowing around. They did a really cool, reveal for rings of power where they used like la- it wasn't cg and they like melted stone into like a thing oh, lava and i thought they were going to do that but i agree with you i thought the sound was a bit boring i did always watch the intro because i i believe in watching beautiful. the intro okay, thank you and know, so do i normally i know but yeah uh, that's the only bit of the score i didn't like i thought galadriel's theme is fantastic i thought sure. i thought other swells music really got me but no that, that's that's fair okay anyway i need anyway. to hear what uh some of our audience have been emailing in about things. James, what have we got? People have emailed in. They've emailed in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com If you have your questions, thoughts, concerns, you can write it in the show and we will do our best to email them just email them do our best to respond to them just like felix did friend of the show felix hey. writing in a few times he says hi guys as seems to be customary by now let me start by saying how much i've been enjoying the podcast well, that's very i've actually discovered you on youtube shock horror way back in may and have since been listening religiously whilst cooking Get i always in. feel like people are lying because sometimes they lie and then they go oh no it was actually tiktok yeah but when they say actual youtube yeah welcome a youtube whole kitchen in the kitchen Love that. Yes. Nice one, Felix. Synergy. I wanted to get in touch because of your discussion the other week about Christian Bale's performances. Yes, Please go back and listen to what episode? Uh, we'll we be Amsterdam. Oh yeah, the Amsterdam one. Um, I can't help but notice you didn't talk about his role as Michael Burry in the big short. Oh, For yeah. some reason, this film is a favorite of mine and I've watched it many times over, probably because my father was a banker. So I've quite the personal experience of the time the financial crisis hit mm-hmm. Europe. If either of you have seen it, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well as Bale's performance. I think The Big Short is a nice case study of how storytelling can make otherwise dense and complicated subject matter more accessible to the viewer, I agree. Hmm. I even wonder whether it might be somewhat unique in its ability to strike a balance between technical material and the drama and emotion you would expect from a film without boring the audience. Do you know of other films that accomplish this to the same extent? Of course, Margin Call also takes place during the financial crisis, and The Wolf of Wall Street deals with the world of finance as well, but both are very different films other than that. The only other film I can think of is Moneyball and the way it gets into the nitty gritty of managing a baseball team. I also remember you discussing Deepwater Horizon and how it devotes a portion of its time to showing you the inner workings of an oil rig. looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this and keep up the good work. I honestly look forward to a new episode every single week. All the best and greetings from Brighton. Felix. Uh, A place close to our hearts. A place close to our hearts. Um, First one. Christian Bale's performance as Michael Burry in the Big Short. Because you asked yes. a lot of questions yeah, there. No, good email. Very good. Um, big Short, I rewatched this year. Yeah, mm. I, I like the Big Great Short. Film. Great Christian Bale performance. A testament, to a good understated Christian Bale performance. He's there with his glass eye. A bit like he does in Amsterdam, actually. Mm. But he has glass eye in Big Short. But he's kind of understated. He's on his own in that film. You yeah. have a big cast in that film, but he is in his own. The, the main action is with Steve Carell and Rafe Spall. And mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah, you don't, you know, Christian Bale is just sort of on his own. Um, I like him in that. I, as 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 for the Big Short as a whole, I think the noble, I, I always think the Big Short was a noble effort, a sincere effort from Adam McKay that people misread as being sort of wacky and childish. But I think it was a sincere noble effort to take a very serious issue, historical event that was done uh, sort of overcomplicated and made made deliberately boring to go over the heads of a Within lot of the time public. Past to with enough time passed to properly dissect Yeah, but um, made deliberately obscure so that the mass population would not realise the sheer criminality mm. and recklessness and violence of the like capitalist crash that happened in 2008. And what I think Adam McKay does so well is go through and funnily, wittily, but with good sense of drama as well, is make you realise and probably get you invested in that world and, and what happened. So I, I do like The Big shot. I think it's probably my favourite non-comedic, Dram- you know, dramatic Adam Cave film. You right. Get yes. In- yeah. Yeah. His, his post Step Will Ferrell Runners. phase. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't. Were you, Wolf of Wall Street? It, a good film gets you invested. Whatever it's trying to give you across. Mm-hmm. So I agree that Moneyball and and. The Big Short want to get you understanded and rooted in this world and they succeed. Wolf of Wall Street is a char- is more about getting you invested in Fantastic. this character's world. You're saying it's like... I mean, Wolf of Wall Street stops explaining the finances of it. He goes, oh, you're probably not listening to yeah, all the word exactly. I'm saying. And that, it makes um, a point to do that. Margin Court is kind of good, but it's kind of got this whole sort of fictitious area around it. And we've talked world about this before. That's, that's like a one room drama that's all, like, the, all the all time, the time on That's YouTube. like a sort of one, one night kind in of time, yeah, yeah, one yeah, room. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with everything you said about uh, The Big Short. I'm not... I don't really of Christian Bale in that film. I actually think he overacts a bit. Oh. I think he he did a lot of, I think considering the role that he did and the person he was playing, I feel like he added one too many visual ticks and things and the bouncing. And I, to be honest, he probably had to because his, all of his stuff took place in a room staring at numbers on a screen. I, and that was one performance mm-hmm. I'm a bit like, eh, could have could have been less. I was watching a good interview with Christian Bell. they gave with GQ. Uh, by the way, GQ did this really good series where they get actors and they say like, you know, so-and-so, Christian Bell breaks down his most iconic yeah, yeah, characters. Really and the, the nuggets of information they get from each actor are so insightful. Mm. Matt, the Matt Damon one's great. The Hugh Grant one. But with Christian Bale, he begins and he's like, he talks about how he preps and he says, "What his biggest fear, his biggest insecurity is getting onto set to do a scene. And the director says, uh, actually, get rid of the dialogue. Just improvise it. Mm-hmm. And he's got nothing. So he's like, I want to make sure I have everything ready so that I can go even when the director Something doesn't want to True actor. That makes sense. And then, yeah, I think everyone knows a little surface thing about what happened in the oh eight crash, but yeah. the demo they did with the Jenga blocks when Ryan Gosling yeah, is know. trying to explain. Like, Look at it. Yeah. You see? Yeah. This is what's gonna happen. Yeah. And like when like um <laughs> what's the face like Steve Carell's just there like He's like, wait, you're telling I me this. these it's ones really- are dog shit, but these ones are dog shit. To catch it. Like, That's not going to happen. I, Don't <laughs> you understand? Yeah. The house is on fire and I'm selling you fire insurance. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, I'm telling you the house is about to burn down and I'm selling you fire insurance. Yeah. Um, great scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Well, you asked. You asked I, think, I think we covered the question. Oh, can it's I magical. say great, great bit of casting in the big short of Max Greenfield. And oh God, the guy's name, Billy. Billy Magnuson. Those the young guys who the, play the schmucks, the the sleazy. Um, yeah. no, 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 no. They're not the young guys. No. They're the sleazy guys who oh, they yes. visit Florida. who are like explaining how they make yeah. loads of money. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, and then like, at the end they're like oh, at a job fair, like, real? what the hell do we do? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think with that film, people will remember Margot Robbie in the bath, but what they think yeah. they forget is like how well that story tells, uh, tells you what, it, what anyway, it's about. This,
1: this next, next one thank you, is. Felix.
0: Thank you very much, Felix. This next one's from Naomi. I am new to your podcast, but I already love it, and I'm working oh. on watching all the episodes I've missed so far. Wow. Anyway. That's commitment, and I like it. I like that. Anyway, I think the movie Ticket to Paradise was okay, but I think for a comedy, it was told too slowly, and sometimes it was hard to follow the plot. Please go back and listen to my I Ticket to Paradise for me. And spoilers, and spoilers for, tickets to, for Ticket to Paradise. I don't in want case. to hear Ticket to Paradise. Don't oh, tell me the spoiler for Ticket really? to Paradise. Really? Yeah, don't spoil it for me. Don't spoil okay, my fine, ticket sorry. to paradise. No, I mean I will have to wait to read your email until George watches ticket to paradise. I'm so, I can read, you know, James can read it, but like I, you know, fine. I, I did not ticket to paradise was like uh, you said it was you... a nice, cozy, lovely film just to put on, and I don't want yeah. that, that taken away. Those films are so rare. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'll move on. I want a rare, mediocre film, please. <laughs> Thank you. This next one is from Joel. Hi, lads. I've been watching for a while now and love your stuff. Thank you, Joel. I was re-watching one of my favourite films when I was a kid, which is Step Up to the Streets. Whoa. I've got a real soft spot for that movie for mainly nostalgic reasons and for any terrible dance moves in general. Yeah. I was wondering whether there were any rubbish movies that you still love to watch from your childhood. Thanks for the great content. Cheers, We get this. Joel. This is a recurrent question. with Bad films Guilty you pleasures. What films have you mm. watched the most? What films do you visit? by? Bad films like that. I don't so, know. About um, bad films, that I, 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 I yeah. I mean, there's a few. There's like a soft spot for The Hobbit, but it's flawed. And I've said that. I've said this. Mm. But Step Up to the Streets in seen its it. time. Oh, you never seen? You yeah. seen Step Up One? No. You don't see Step Up One with Channing Tatum? I've never seen any Step Ups. I've never seen any High School Musicals. I mean, it's you didn't see High School Musical? <laughs> yeah, no. No. What, what you, you no, thought was, you were better was, than I, it? I was too busy trying to be cool and watch like. I'm watching Kubrick. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, you missed out. Yeah, I think I did. I probably did. I'm no snobbery about I, um, it. I just step up it. to the streets <laughs> for me represents like the ultimate representation of this sort of 08, owner. Oh, no, I want to say it came out like 2008, 2009. Like, yeah, I did. This sort of 08 street style, like George Sampson like, from George, from yeah, television. George Sampson, like X Factor hype, just sort of um like those those. Two for, two for 12 pound top man swapping like yeah. color, color different t-shirts and just like that, that T-Pain song like apple bottom jeans because oh. that was what they, they danced to oh. in the finale of that song Gosh. and it just it's such a moment in time and I reckon if you watch it now it just just would feel so weird because it's completely out of time. I, uh, I, only, I don't like that song much. Uh, I don't think. That's okay. It's 2022. Yeah. You shouldn't. Uh, but it reminds me, I was once stuck on a bus, not stuck on a bus, I was on a bus mm. in Argentina. That's not, That's a, that That was a nice thing. Yeah. And they had a TV and they put some films on, right? And the only film they had was Zookeeper with Kevin James in it, right? Oh my God. And there okay. is a scene in that where he takes Dances. a talking gorilla oh. to, uh, any films of talking animals. We've had this conversation right. before, I think, yeah. to, to, a, to a TGI Fridays and the gorilla and Kevin James dance to you know, um, yeah. Apple, Bottom Jeans, Boots, and the Fur. Um, sorry, Low by Flowrider, yeah, as it's actually called. And um, T- I think I just saw in that moment, the Nadir of all cinema before my eyes. <laughs> Not sure I like films anymore. I think I tried to, tried to get out of the bus as it was moving. I just you like sat at the back of the bus with your arms folded. Like, I think that's just the Nadir of cinema. <laughs> yeah. It's also the same bus journey where I watched Ted in Spanish. <laughs> I've seen all of Ted, but I've only in seen Spanish. it in Spanish. Subtitles? Nope. Just, did just, you get it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this next one's from Oscar, who says, hello, fellas. Hope you're both well, George. Are you uh, I'm okay, thank you, Oscar. It's, it's getting, getting dark, too. isn't it? It's getting dark. dark. Ugh, it's getting dark. Do I'm that not sure if my question has been asked Dylan. before on the podcast, but I'll ask anyway. Is there any films out there that you would like to see a sequel for? We see, some many un- we see so many unnecessary sequels in film today, but I was wondering if there are any you think would benefit the original or just um, be a good time. I'm going to have to give- Love you- the podcast. Sorry. Keep up the outstanding work. Much love, Oscar. Thank you, Oscar. I'm gonna to have to give you just my immediate knee-jerk reaction, and I, I, I would say I want a sequel to this film, but I want a sequel to this film about ten years ago. Uh, okay, and that is District Nine. Oh yes, yeah. amazing shout. It's yeah. not yeah a you while know, ago because it kind of invites it, and you're interested in it now. If it came back up, like it's too late. What about something in that world that's not a direct sequel to District Nine? It's in the world of District Nine. What, 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 the what like the un, what, like the black market? Criminal gangs using alien tech left over by the spaceship, kind of thing. Yeah, you I remember just it well. Someone write this down. Um, I, I'm going to say know. one a little bit controversial, and I think I might hate myself for saying it, but I would like a sequel to Blade Runner 2049 because Blade Runner 2029 was such a great sequel. Well, they're doing that on the animated series. Oh, animated series? Is that a sequel? Proper no, sequel? No, it's not a proper sequel. I know, but they that, closed. That, that. I like think they really, they really I stuck think that it was, that. But it, yeah, but it's such a hard ship to to sail and get yeah. right that i don't maybe i think didn't probably, probably be bad like, oh, thank you yes i made it i pulled it off <laughs> yeah i pulled it off <laughs> i'm just gonna leave that walk there. away <laughs> yeah. walk away let it stay there uh yeah i don't know we get too many sequels my answer is new ip please yeah this one's from haiku dave fan of the show oh, haiku, yeah, haiku dave. dave hello gents wonderful to have you um thank you thank you for having me. I, I do realize that when people listen to us we are in their homes, there so is. So, thank you for welcoming us into your homes, and I hope you're having a good day. Right now, Haiku Dave is coming in with some heat. Okay, and look, Haiku Dave's a man I respect a lot. Okay, he's written in some very wise words, and he's forced me to come out with some really wise statements. Okay, but Haiku Dave's coming in with some heat. He says, "George, you're right." James, we need to talk. You say the Muppets have passed you by, hey? This is acceptable to you, is it? Think they don't hold up? (laughs) Well, if you don't watch at least two Muppet movies by year's end, so help me. Muppet's Carol has been covered. The other I would suggest is either Treasure Island or The Great Muppet (laughs) Caper. Watching all three would be acceptable as well, but at least two by year's end, please. I think, come on. You, is that the end? Or... No, he says. Oh, well, I just to refresh. I haven't seen Muppets have like passed me by, and we realised this yeah. uh, last week, and I'm very apologetic for it. Yeah. And George, uh, don't very, very Someone kindly... Some will write in next week, being like, George hasn't seen High School Musical. Yeah, How dare you? <laughs> yeah, it will be yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> James, yeah. you're all right. Um, also, yes. about sound levels in movies, because last, yes, week... last week, yes, that's where we a great email from uh, uh, one of our listeners who has autism and was talking about neurodiverse screenings and and how you could molly yeah, and molly thank you and, and molly was writing about different sound levels and how that affects different people in the audience differently and it was, it was a really great email and please get back something to something we had not really uh, thought about before not at all I know, but uh, but, uh, but really insightful but hi, good dave is adding to that conversation how About sound levels in movies, whether it's done in theater or on video or TV, I think we need some change. When watching from home, it's a bit distracting having to change the volume, whether someone's talking or there's action or swell in some music. I understand sudden noises for effect, but when the talking is too quiet, it reminds me of the low talker in Seinfeld, (laughs) or the music's so loud, it's like a punch to the face. Something needs to be done. Until next time, this is Haiku Dave. Signing off, well, Dave. Hike Dave. I mean, very deep. I think the way your TV is calibrated or maybe the type of TV, mm. TV and the relationship with its soundbar or lack of soundbar mm. has a big thing to do about, uh, with it, I'm afraid. Um it, yeah, I, 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 I with my TV, I, I kept changing it up and down. And then I realized I had the sound setting wrong and then it changed everything. Do you want to know something really nerdy I do sometimes when I'm watching a film? Every Is day that I so film. I can watch stuff on my PlayStation yes. and I have like a good headset for like playing games on the PlayStation. And I often will watch a movie through the headset on the PlayStation. Nice. And that's a really good experience because I don't have a soundbar because it's just money. And I just sometimes, so I'm going to headphone this okay. with the TV. Thank you for, by default, making me sound like some sort of bougie emperor who so just thinking, <laughs> well, I have a soundbar yeah. coming out of my ears. Yeah. Got one on every wall. The soundbars like... <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, haiku Dave, thank you. And as you would expect Haiku Dave to do, he puts a haiku in the signature of, it, of his emails, which was, brain always thinking, trying to create haiku, powered by Slurpee. Do you remember one of the earliest games we you used didn't to play? meant to rhyme? Was... No, haikus don't have to rhyme. I'm an idiot. Haiku's <laughs> rhyming? No. Um, do you remember originally it's we played the game that the of. film based on the haiku? Impossible it was. Yeah, absolutely it, impossible. Well, it, it was, again, it was my brain just how, how I wanted it to be, yeah. yeah. Those are the, That was the old days. That was season season one of Pop Kitchen. Haiku, Dave, thank you, and I'm sorry. Um, and as always, as we've said before many times in the show, if you want to write in and have your email read out on the show, you can do by emailing Heather hello at, at popkitchenpodcast.com. Pop That's the audio equivalent of writing it in bold. When we both say it. And my intonation is hello at Polk.com.com. Hello. It's like when you heard like the direct line number. Oh like <laughs> yeah. wait. Yes. James, we've reached the end of the show, which means we have one last thing to do, which is of course play a game. Mm-hmm. You guys know we've got many different versions, but today we're gonna to be playing another round. Of guess the movie based on the movie character. Okay, okay. Right. Guess the movie from the movie character. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Clarice Starling. Oh, Silence of the Lambs. Laurie Strode. Laurie Strode. No, Halloween. Oh, yeah, I should have known. John that. Connor. Uh, t- Terminator, any Terminator? No, not any Terminator. Two, Terminator Two and onwards. He's not in Terminator One, is he? Boromir, Fellowship of the Ring. Goose, uh, Top Gun. Fredo. Um, oh my God. Fredo, oh my God. Oh, James, it's on the tip of my tongue. Godfather and Godfather oh, Part Two. Alvi Singer. Oh, Alvy Singer. No, I don't have it. Annie Hall. Ah. Dom Cobb. Um, uh, (laughs) Inception. Daisy Domagoo. Oh my God. How about if I say it like this? Daisy Domagoo? Oh, wait. The hateful age. Oh no, I'm so so (laughs) close. I'm so (laughs) close. Alex DeLarge. Alex DeLarge. Clockwork Orange. And lastly, John Bender. John Bender? No. Breakfast Club. I don't know the name's yeah, that. It, You know, you, I was surprised, James. This, you know, couple of this slides, is some ones so that I really should have got. I, 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 I'm surprised you- Dom Cobb is got got such Clarice. a non-name. I know, it's a terrible I character name. Like, oh, you got Clarice Starling, but you didn't get Laurie Strode. I'm yeah, in I know. Because you it's love just, Halloween. I know, I do. I just don't ha- like, the name. It's just, yeah. There right. you go. Okay, next ready round. Ready for next round? Did you get them? Play along at home. James, mm-hmm. round two. Guess the movie mm-hmm. from the movie character. Okay. Three, two, one. Sam Witwicky. Um, oh my god! Terminator. Uh, no, 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 Transformers. Oh! <laughs> Transformers. 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 <laughs> yes, John McClane. Any uh, diehard? Yes, Raz Al Ghul. Uh, Batman Begins. Yes, Travis Bickle. Uh, d- uh, taxi Driver. Yes, Kevin McAllister. Home Alone. Johnny Utah. Um, from. Oh my god! It, it's fucking. What is it? What is it? Oh it's Point Break. L Woods. Uh, Legally Blonde. Yes, Stanley Kowalski. Oh my god! Come on, A-level English. It's killing me. A-level English. Stanley Kowalski. Streetcar Named Desire. I didn't really study that. Bella Swan. Um. Oh my god. That's no. Oh James, this is huge. It's people are me. screaming. It's killing me. People are screaming. What is it? Twilight. Oh god. And lastly, Carl Fredricksen. Um. Okay, I'll give you a hint. Mr. Fredrickson. Mr. Fredrickson? Mr. No. Fredrickson. Up. No, you I never know, know that you name. I would, go, oh, would oh, never come know on, that name. Mr. Fredrickson. I've not seen Carl. I'm this not is my Wilderness so... Explorer badge. Yeah, Now I know. Uh, uh, James, you oh. were, you were, yeah, pull it up. I, Shaky. Johnny Utah, I knew would really screw oh, you. Really, because Johnny so Utah is such a typical, like no human has ever been called that. <sighs> no. Well, There you go. That was uh, an atrocious performance, but another great game to end our show. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Pulp Kitchen. Don't forget that we post new episodes of this show every single Wednesday. And as ever, guys, there's loads of other content going out on the channel. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok and like Mm -hmm. and subscribe. And if you're an Instagram follower or a TikTok follower uh, and you like us, just... Don't forget to go to YouTube and subscribe yeah, as well. we're going to hit a 1,000 subscribers soon on YouTube. If, we, if you are listening to this part of the show, I assume you enjoy our content because you've got to the end. If we have ever given you any entertainment, please go over to our YouTube and give it some love and drop us a sub. It really does make a difference. We really do appreciate it. So thank you for that. And I hope and look forward to you joining us again next week. See you next week.